This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is amazing. We are in a new series called Faith Additives. And so, you know, the key to pleasing God is faith. Amen. But with faith, you have to actually put faith in action. Faith in action. Amen. So it's more than just believing the truth. It's acting on the truth and doing the truth. Amen. So a lot of people have a, they believe in Jesus, but what are they doing with Jesus? Amen. Are they actually walking with Jesus or are they living for themselves, living their lives? And Jesus is not really in their equation. But with this group, I know you guys are walking with Jesus. How many people are walking with Jesus? Amen. You are because you're here to hear the truth. Amen. And so, so Peter, uh, one of the apostles, um, wrote in 2 Peter 1, 2, and 4, and uh, he talks about that there are seven keys to, uh, I would say, to being rapture ready. Amen. Seven keys that, 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 that will keep us steady in our faith when, uh, when we have adversity comes our, comes our way. Sometimes it knocks us off our feet, knocks us off our faith, and we want to stand steady in the storms of life. Amen? And, and I know some of us have encountered some storms. We've encountered some storms this year. But I'm telling you, no matter what storm comes our way, we're going to continue to stand on the Word of God. Somebody say, I'm standing on the Word of God. Amen. That's good. You sound positive. Amen. So let's look at Second Peter and uh, let's look at this. Uh, ch- uh, chapter one, verse two and four we'll be reading this morning. And it says here, well, we'll be maybe reading a little bit further down, but let's look at this. It says here, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. Also, uh, by also for this reason, giving all diligence. Think about that. Giving all diligence add to your faith. Thus, the title or of the sermon series, Faith Additives. Add to your faith. What do we want to add to our faith? We want to add to our faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. And I'm going to read this because I didn't read this last week. It says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things... I want you to listen to what I'm about to say here. If you do these things, what things are these? The things that I just spoke of, these seven things. If you do these things, you will never stumble. Think about that. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss God. I, I don't get up in the morning 
and I don't think about that I'm going to sin today. Amen. Hopefully you don't get up in the morning and think about that you're going to try to take advantage of somebody or try to steal something or, or, or lie or cheat. No, no, you're not getting up in the morning to endeavor to make provisions for the flesh. So he's saying this, Peter is saying that we can be partakers. Listen to what I'm saying today. We can be partakers of the divine nature. Oh, man, you I'm telling you, you need to be amen. And you can be partakers. Peter's saying there's a divine nature that we could be partakers of. In other words, uh, we could be partakers of the grace of God in our lives. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I need grace upon grace. Amen. I need God's grace in my life. And, and I, I got to have it. And, and so, so to walk in the grace of God, to walk in his, walking in his grace is actually walking in his truth. And like I say, the more truth you walk in, the more free you're going to be. And the reason why some of us might be bound up, some of us might be dealing with some issues is because we don't have enough truth yet. And the more truth you get, the less issues you will have. Oh, I'm preaching today. Does anybody is anybody dealing with any issues in the house today? Do you know anybody that deals with issues? Amen. But thank God, the more truth that you're going to get, amen, you start adding these principles. The Bible says you will never fall. That sounds pretty strong, Peter. I mean, you're making a pretty strong statement here. But he, he, he believed it because Peter knows about falling. He knows about, you know, Peter knows about denying Christ three times. You know, he, he knows, you know, he's, he's been through some 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 time, you know, some days of not good days, and thank God that Jesus restored him, and he had and 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 brought him into a greater ministry, Amen. And so I'm going to say this to you today: if you uh, if you uh, adhere to these principles and you continue to walk in these principles, your 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 entrance into the kingdom of God will be granted to you abundantly. See, I don't want to be one of these Christians that just barely make it to heaven. Amen. Just barely make it in, just by the skin of my, Have you ever heard that? They made it in by the skin of their teeth. <laughs> I don't want to make it in by the skin of my teeth. Amen? And so we see this. So, so we, we have to look at this, that, that last week I focused on the first principle, which is uh, moral excellence. The first principle is moral excellence or, or virtue. And, and I talked about that the key to walking in moral excellence, because we are in a world of compromise. Right. Amen. And so we need to walk in moral excellence. And and we're you know, we we're in a place where, you know, we can get access to our phone. We can look at all the wrong things on our phone. We can be reading the wrong things. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The wrong images. Uh, you know, and, and we want to make sure that we're morally upright. You know, uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, um, talking to the Pharisees, and these, the Pharisees were, weren't really nice people. They were religious people of the day, and they, and they tried to use the, the word for their advantage. And Jesus was exposing their hypocrisy. So a lot of the religious leaders were hypocrites. Amen. 
And see, we don't want to be hypocrites. Amen. We want to walk with God in purity and in holiness. Amen. And so a lot of the, 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 the leader, and that's why the, the Pharisees hated Jesus. That's why they trumped up a bunch of false charges against him. And that's why they had him crucified because they were jealous of him. And, and Jesus was exposing their hypocrisy. Amen. And so I'm going to say this. The word of God will expose any hypocrisy that we could be walking in in our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Uh, in other words, you know, there's, there's my 11th commandment, thou shalt not fool thyself. That's my 11th commandment. In other words, don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're in a better place than you really are in God. Don't fool yourself in thinking that your grace covers, uh, you know, uh, your, your daily sins. In a sense, it does, but you better be repenting. You better be turning away from those things that can be destructive for you and destructive for those that you love. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, and so we got to get a revelation of this. And, and we found out the key to walking in virtue, which is moral and spiritual excellence. Amen. Uh, the key to walking in, we found that Jesus walked in moral and spiritual excellence. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was a perfect son of God. He is the perfect son of God. Never sinned. Jesus never sinned. Jesus walked this life perfectly. He's the spotless lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus is perfect. So we go on his perfection. Amen. That's why we trust him for our salvation. And so we, we know this. The key was to Jesus's power was that he had a desire to please God. How many people have a desire, have a, have a hunger to please God? I want to please God. Because you know what? If you please God, guess what God will do for you? He will please you. See, God, again, I, I say this most often, that God, how we... How we perceive God is really how we perceive ourselves. If you see God as being uh, uh, unjust and, and being uh, crooked and all that, you're, that you're, that's really a perception of who you are. But if you see God as loving and kind and merciful and you see him as that merciful Heavenly Father and you continue to give him praise, that's what you become. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? If you think God is hard, you're going to be hard. No, no, God, God is merciful, loving and kind, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and tender mercies. And he's waiting for some of us to get get our act together. Amen. Why? So he can bless us in a greater way. Amen. I don't want to forfeit the blessings of God in my life. So I want the blessings of God to be upon my life. I want the blessings of God to be upon your life. So, so in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 says, Finally then, brethren, this is uh, Paul, Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk and please God. So, so Paul had this understanding that we ought to walk and in our walk, that our desire should be to please God. Amen. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? How, can, how do you please God? One of the ways of pleasing God is not forsaking the assembly of yourself with other believers. What does that mean? In other words, one of the ways you please God is you come to church. Right? Because church is not just for you. You think it's for you. But church is for the whole body. In other words, somebody sees you come in and, and they see that, hey, you're still showing up. That means you're still in the fight. You're still, you're, you're still walking with God. You haven't given up on God. And, the, and, and you know, and, and the more people that come in, the more encouragement we will have because we see the different people. And we say, OK, they're still fighting the good fight of faith. Thank God I need to continue to fight. I'm about almost ready to give up, but they came in and I know they got more problems than me. Right? I know they got issues and they're still coming to church. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And, and, I, and I know I got to keep staying in the fight. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in the fight. Because it's a fight. What are you talking about? It's a fight to get up on Sunday morning when you could sleep in and, and watch Good Morning America. Or whatever they have. <laughs> you know, you know it, what's that song? Easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> and, and, and you say, well, it's not easy if I got to get up and go to church. Right? And uh, who, who wrote that song, Easy Like Sunday Morning? Was that uh, Lionel Richie? Right? And, uh, and, and so, oh, I'm, I'm, man, some of you guys know some of these secular songs. Amen? And so, but, but Sunday morning can be easy if you get to church. Right? Why? Because God wants to reveal some truth to you. What does he want to reveal? He wants to reveal to you that he loves you with an everlasting love. That he has great things in store for you. That your future's bright in him. No matter what you're going through, God is with you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Say, God is with me. Amen. And so you've got to believe that no matter what turmoil is working in your life today. So, so I want to talk to you about adding uh, uh, the second key is adding knowledge to your faith. See, 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 some people get saved. They receive Jesus. They go to a church, church maybe for a few weeks or for a few months. And then, you know, some people get to a point where they think that they might even know it no more than the preacher. And they say, well, I don't need to go back to church anymore. I know even more than the preacher. And, and I know more word. Don't, 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 don't get to that point, amen, uh, where you got spiritual pride working in your life. There's some people think they know more than, and, and you might know more, but you might need to hear something, might be something that you might need to hear that may set you free. Amen. So some people don't think they need to show up because they know enough. I'm telling you this, if you want to walk in the grace of God, you always, you got to be in a place where you stay hungry for God. You, in other words, that you got to understand this, that, you, that, that we tend to forget. And we tend to forget who God is. We for, tend to forget who we are in Christ. And that's why we need to constantly remind ourselves by reading the scriptures. Because you just don't get it one time. So we got to continue to stay in the word and we have to continue to 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 allow the word of God to transform us. So today I'm talking to you about knowledge and and this is a key and and knowledge. I I looked this up. I actually did some homework last night and I looked this up. This is on the Webster's dictionary. He says knowledge is the, the fact 
uh, uh, or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association. Shall I read that again? Knowledge is the fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying that you, you just don't know God just by knowing one scripture or having a couple scriptures memorized. No, you, you know God through experience as well as his word. In other words, you know God by you, 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 you're praying, God answers your prayers, or, or, you, or you do something positive, and then a positive thing comes into your life. You know God by experiencing God. Amen? I know this, that there was a time that I was out of church, and I backslid out of church, and I was focused on my, my you know, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't hating on God or anything like that, but just... God wasn't really in my life. I was just living my life for myself. And, and uh, I, I used to be involved in church. And I just kind of backed out of church. You know, nobody ticked me off. Nobody got me angry. I just backed out of church, you know. And, uh, you know, I just started doing my own thing. And, 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 then, and then what happened was that my life started, started coasting downhill. Just my life in, in general. And things started going downhill where you guys know my story, I ended up going through a divorce and, you know, it was a country song and I lost my house and my dog. Amen. It was, a, you know, and, and, but thank God, God rebuilt my life. When did he rebuild it? When I went back to church, when I got under some spiritual authority, when I got under some divine protection, when, when I started helping in the church and started being a blessing in the church and all of a sudden God started rebuilding my life and all of a sudden then God you know, puts on my heart to go to Bible school and, and I'm already, and then I go to Bible school and God puts it on my heart to come back to Virginia Beach and help the pastor and, and I didn't know what all that was going to be and then finally the pastor turns the church over to me. Praise God, amen. You know the Bible says a faithful man will abound in blessings. Amen. So, so, so what, what caused me to be here? I just stayed faithful. I just kept showing up. I just kept doing the right things, regardless how I felt about it at times. At times, I wanted to leave the church. At times, you know, I got angry with the pastor. Anybody been there? I, I'm there. I got angry one time. Uh, I was so angry uh, about not the pastor, but I was, I was half angry with him half the time. But... Um, but uh, I was angry with my brother because he was my younger brother and he was in a position. He was sort of in a higher position than me. I was a youth minister and he was like the assistant pastor. And so but he was going to throw me a bone and, and let me, you know, and it, they never gave me the platform to preach. And he said, well, I'll let you you know, give the offering. And then I said, OK, man, I was excited just to get up here, you know, and uh, and then then he forgot or something and he did the offering. I got so mad I got up and walked out of the church. Went down to Rock Church, right? My old church I got saved at, sat down. It was almost like I was the invisible man. Not one person said hi to me, nothing. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling dry as dust. And then I, the Holy Spirit saying, what are you doing here? Get back, get back there. Get back to the church I called you to. This is not your church. Have you ever tried something like another church, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit said, this is not where you need to be. You, you, you need to be back where, back in that Exceed Life Church. 
Well, you know what I'm saying? I've had people in our, see, like church, they either got mad at me or got whatever. I don't know what happened. Mad, mad at somebody in the church. They left and they were gone for months and then they came back. And, 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 they, and they said, Pastor, there's a lot of sick churches and sick pastors out there. Like, there's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. And, it, and if, you're trying to lo- if you're trying to find the perfect church, when you get there, it becomes imperfect. Have you ever heard that one? Why? Because you got issues. Amen. So we got to remember this, that there's no perfect pastor. But hopefully, we're growing in perfection, and we're growing in love towards one another. Say, I'm growing in love. Amen. Towards one another. Amen. And so we, we need to look at this. So knowledge is, is not just having a, a scripture memorized, but it's actually ex- walking and experiencing God on a relationship basis, on a day-to-day basis. You know, he, there's a song that says, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. And he walks with me and he, I can't even sing it, but, and he tells me that he's, that I'm his own. And, uh, and so we have to understand that this relationship is a living relationship. That's why the Bible is called the living Bible. The word of God is living. And we have to continue to put living word in us so that we can live. Mm, I'm preaching today. Because if you're not putting some living word on a daily basis in you, how are you going to live? I'm just going to live on yesterday's manna. You better have today's manna. You better have daily manna. Don't be living on yesterday's experiences. Don't be living on yesterday's revelation. You better get fresh revelation today. Why? That's how you live. Right? Fresh understanding of who God is. And so I like that. So in Hosea 4, 6, it says here, because there's a saying, let me just say it this way. There is a worldly saying is, and you've heard this before. Have you guys ever heard this? What you don't know won't hurt you. Has anybody ever heard that? What you don't know won't hurt you. You know, you, you, whatever you do in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know, you've heard that, right? Whatever, you go to, whatever you do in Vegas stays, yeah, your money stays in Vegas. Amen. <laughs> Right. With the one arm bandits. Right. And uh, no, no. What you don't know, really, the truth is what you don't know can destroy you. What you don't know about God can hurt you. What you don't know about God can 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 leave you empty. Can, you can you can miss out on some of the promises of God because you just don't know about the promises. What you don't know can destroy you. So we have to be people that, that desire to get knowledge of God and who God is. And, and, and it says here in Hosea 4, 6, because, see, there's, there's people in the Old Testament that was rejecting God's word, his law, and, and they were doing things contrary to what God said that they should be doing. And then, then, then the Lord, uh, through the prophet Hosea, in chapter 4, verse 6, and we could fit in here says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it says, because we have rejected knowledge. And then it says here, and I will reject you from being priests for me. 
Wow, that's pretty powerful. Because you have forgotten my law of your God, I will also forget your children. And we read this and you say, well, God is harsh. No, God is gracious. He's trying to put some stiff rules out there that we don't turn away from him. Or amen. He's trying to set us up so we can walk in the blessing so that our children can be blessed. Amen. The Bible says, choose this day who you serve. Blessing or curse, life or death, you choose so that you and your seed. And, and, and the Bible actually says, choose life. It tells you what to choose. Choose life. Why? So that you and your seed, your children, may live. So what if you choose death? Well, it can trickle down to your family. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Have you gone home? So I'm, I'm going to cho- say I'm choosing life. So what do we need to do? In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This, this scripture right here makes me nervous when I read it at times. And the reason why it makes me nervous is because this right here says possibly that the word of truth could be divided wrongly. In other words, we can read into the scriptures and it may not even be what we're standing on may not even be truth. It may be diluted truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We can read in with with traditional biased glasses and we can read a scripture and it would be very plain. The scripture will tell you exactly the way it is and we just don't see it. Why? Because we have a bias and we just read right over it. And so I'm going to say this, that I don't want to be a deceived Christian. And so, and I don't want to be a minister that preaches a a deluded gospel. No, I want to be a preacher that preaches it straight to you and what the word of God says. And I know that I don't have people because the Bible says in the last days, there will be people that will have itching ears, finding preachers that will preach what they want to hear so that it can, so that it can embolden their sinful lifestyle. So people are finding churches out here that, that will preach it's okay for homosexuality for you to live a homosexual life and you still can go to heaven. Well, my Bible teaches something different. So you can't be living a, or, or living in a, a, in a relationship that, that, that's a, a, that you're fornicating with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you're living together and the Bible calls that sin. Oh, pr- oh, pastor, now you're getting old-fashioned. Now you're getting old-fashioned. Everybody, you know, you've got to drive the car before you buy it, right? You've got to make sure the engine, you know, is fast, right? Right? you got you got yeah, but then you got people that's not married. And then why buy the milk when you get, why buy the cow when you get the milk free, you know? Amen? No, no, no. The Bible says that the marriage bed is honorable. But anything outside the covenant of marriage is sin. Oh, I'm not hearing that from church. Why? Because, listen, just because a church is big and has numbers doesn't mean that, that the preacher's preaching a God-fearing messages. Praise 
Just because it's a, it's a multi-thousand church, the preacher could be preaching everything that people want to hear. And, and, and everybody that hears it, oh, I'm good. Everybody's good. I'm living in adultery. I'm living in uh, these things. I'm lying, cheating, stealing, but I'm going to heaven. That's what the preacher says. You better read your Bible. Amen. The Bible says the, they that practice these things, what? Practice lawlessness will not inherit the kingdom of God. Read your Bible. <laughs> Don't be deceived. Because the Bible says there's going to be many at that day that said, Lord, Lord. And he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? You don't even do what I ask you to do. <laughs> Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that? And he said, well, you know, yeah, you did some good things, but, but, but depart from me. I never knew you because you practiced lawlessness. In other words, you lived your life really in the dark. In other words, your God was your sin. And these people were surprised. They were deceived. Don't be deceived. I'm not going to be a deceived Christian. I'd rather, I'd rather stand in the, in the fact that there's a possibility, uh, even if there's the slimmest, even if there's a 1% possibility, your sin could send you to hell. I don't want to take that chance. What if it's a 1% possibility? You want to take that chance? I don't want to take that chance. And, uh, and so, so we need to be people that, that we need to be very careful that we're not walking in deception. Look at this because we're in the last days and man, I, I got to close this down in a couple more uh, scriptures. But look at this. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep this positive. I'm trying to keep it positive. And it says here, uh, uh, Matthew 24, this is Jesus. And he's talking about the last days. Would you all agree that we're in the last days? We are in the last days. Why? Because people are calling evil good and good evil. Though even Christians that declare Jesus is Lord is calling evil good and good evil. Right? And so we got we to understand this. And then Matthew, he says, then if anyone tells you, Matthew 24, he's talking to his disciples about the end days. He says, then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or this is, or, or there he is, don't believe it. Because he's saying in the last days, there are going to be some people saying that this guy is anointed of God. This guy knows the truth. He says, for, he says, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up to perform great signs and wonders. So as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So Jesus was saying, listen, in the last days, there's going to be people, there's going to be false prophets, there's going to be false teachers, they're going to be ministering a gospel that's a false gospel. And they're going to be ministering this way where they're going to be introducing heresies in their church, and then they're going to be allowing people to preach the gospel that, that are living lifestyles that's not congruent to Christianity. Right. And they're going to be allowing homosexuals in. And I'm not against homosexuals, but the bottom line is uh, I'm against sin. And, and God's against sin. If God calls that sin, then, then who would me to say it's not? Right. Or living together and all these things, you know, uh, that's in the same class. In the same class. And I don't want to be in a place where I'm in a place of, of judgment. Amen. And so we, we continue here that Jesus said there would be there would be possibility that the elect could be even deceived. And in Matthew 24, see how are you not going to be deceived in the end days? 
you're going to stay in church. You're going to allow the word of God to penetrate your hearts. And you're going to, you're going to, you're going to continue in the word. The Bible says you have to continue in the word. You just don't stop. <laughs> right? We continue. Continue. It's a continuation. Every Sunday is a continuation, right? We continue in the truth. The Bible says if you continue in my word, you will know the word and the truth and the truth will set you free. So you must continue in it. So, so here in the message, it says here, uh, I like the way the message puts it. If anyone tries to flag you down, calling out, here's the Messiah, Messiah or points, there he is. Don't fall for it. Fake messiahs or lying preachers and lying preachers are going to pop up everywhere. Their impressive credentials and dazzling performance will pull the wool over the eyes of even the, those who ought to know better. But I give you fair warning. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So what am I saying to you today? I'm just saying that, you, that, that it matters what church you're in. It matters what truth you're hearing. It matters. Amen. Amen. And we got to make sure that we're hearing the truth that's backed up by the word of God. I like this where it says in 2 Peter, it says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. So Peter's saying, be found in him without spot or blameless and consider that long-suffering of the Lord is salvation as also our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you and also to all his epistles, speaking to them, them in these things in which are some things hard to understand. So Peter's saying that Paul, Peter's wrote, uh, this, uh, uh, read some of Paul's writings and, and Peter was saying some of his writings are hard to understand. Then he says, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this be beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away from error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. So, 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 so Peter is saying that there were people in that day that were taking some of the scriptures, the word that Paul wrote in the letters to the churches, and they were, mis, they were misrepresenting what Paul was saying. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? And they were twisting it in a way that they were saying that, that, uh, that you know, Paul preached a lot on grace. And so they were saying the grace covers everything and, and, and you can live the way you want. And, you know, and, and people were buying into this. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? No, you can't. I, I remember Jesus said you got to pick up your cross. you got to follow him. The Bible says you got to deny yourself. What? Are you saying that being a Christian is hard? Well, it's hard on your flesh. It's not easy on the flesh. It's not easy on my want to. But, but it will pay. Godliness, Bible says, pays rich dividends. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we, we need to get a revelation of this. Now, now you can be deceived three ways. You can be deceived by people that, that minister a word that's twisted. And you listen to that word and you take it as truth and you don't study the scriptures out for yourself. You can be deceived um, by traditions of men. You, you could grow up in a church and they could teach, well, well miracles have been done away with and, and healing is not for today and, and all this. And you can believe that and miss out on healing. 
You can believe some of these traditions and because these traditions has kept you from really walking in the truth of God's blessings for healing or deliverance or whatever. People believe that the miracles have passed away. There are people that that preach these things. No, miracles are still for today. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And then you can be self-deceived. And the Bible says the self-deceived person is the worst deceived person. The devil doesn't even have to deceive you. You deceive yourself, right? And so how do we do that? How do we deceive ourselves? And James 1, and 25 says it this way. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Stop. <laughs> he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourself. So, so James is saying, if you are a hearer of the word, but you don't act on the word and do the word, you become a self-deceived Christian. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So what I'm saying to you today is, if the word tells me to pray for my enemies, right, not harbor ill will and bitterness, I better do that. Amen. Amen. If, if, If the Bible tells me to walk in love, amen, and not walk in anger or resentment, I better walk in love. Right. If the Bible tells me uh, to tithe and give offerings because God wants to open the windows of heaven and I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with financial pressures and I'm not seeing anything. Have you started tithing yet? Oh, man, I'm preaching now. Well, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to. You're cutting off your own blessing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And so and so so are you going to obey God's word? That's the, that's the question that, yeah, if I'm going to, and if you don't obey God's word, what are you? Self-deceived. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one is blessed in what he does. So he's saying here there's going to be people that even hear the word today and hear the word in churches and the, 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 the preacher's going to be preaching. Walk in love. Forgive people. Don't walk in sin. You know, don't allow your flesh to move you into bad areas. And people are going to hear that, but they won't listen. And they're going to be controlled by their feelings instead of by faith in God's word. And they're going to let their feelings override the faith of, of God's word and what God's word says. And, they're going to say, and some will say, I don't care what God's word says. I'm still going to do it my way. And we know that the theme song in hell is the Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. Right? I did it my way. That's the theme song in hell. And although you can do it your way, but you can have hell to, to, to receive at the end. But I'd rather do it God's way. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so, so we don't want to be singing that song in hell. Amen. And so, and so he says here that those that don't obey the word, it's like looking in a mirror and then they forget what kind of person they are. In other words, the devil's trying to get you to forget that you're a Christian. 
The devil's trying to get you to think that you're not a partaker of the divine nature. The devil's trying to get you to think that you're just the same person before you met Christ that you after meeting Christ. That you still got the same same issues and the same problems. No, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And you say, well, I don't feel like a new creature. Well, start quoting that every day. Start quoting that 10 times a day. Start quoting that 20 times a day. And pretty soon you're like, I'm a new creation. Hallelujah. Why? Because the truth of this will get from your head into your heart. And pretty soon you're going to be rejoicing. That you are a new creation in Christ. That you're not the old creature. That you have been delivered from the powers of darkness. That you have been translated into God's dear son's kingdom of love. I'm preaching better than some of the amenins I'm hearing out here. Glory to God. You might be like, oh man, when is he going to get done with this? Glory to God. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Amen. You can say, my cup is full, pastor. I'm done. Amen. Just a little bit more. Amen. A little bit more. In, in Matthew 24, this is Jesus and he's speaking. I'm, I'm trying to close down here. You know, as pastors, we, we, we'll close about five times before we actually close. I'm trying to, I, right now I'm circling the airport and I'm trying to find a place to land. Is that all right? I'm circling the airport. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to find a spot right now. Amen. Hopefully I, the, I'm landing on a good spot in your heart. Amen. And it says here, therefore, whoever hears, this is Jesus, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, He'll be likened to a, a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, listen to this, this is Jesus saying, everybody that hears these sayings and do, does them, they're planning, they're, they're, they're building their house. Your house is who you are. You're building your life on a rock. But those that hear God's word and doesn't obey them, uh, here's the saying of mine, does not do them, they will be like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So, so, so what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying there's two types of people, amen? There's the person that, that, that walks with God, obeys his word, and he is building his life on a foundation like a rock. And when the storms come, he's going to keep standing. You know, the devil is like the big bad wolf. I'll huff and puff and blow your house down. Amen? And he's trying to huff and puff, and blow some of our houses down. And if you're not a a doer of the word, you're going to fall. And great will that fall be. But if you are a doer of the word, then then whatever the hell the devil tries to throw at you, you're going to keep standing. And then you're going to knock down that giant that's been coming after you. Because that Goliath of debt, that Goliath of sickness, that Goliath of broken relationships, going to fall at your feet. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Whatever Goliath is trying to come against you, you're going to be standing on the rock. Now, what, what causes people to fall? And what, what causes Christians to fall? Yes, not obeying the word of God. But, but number one, uh, we know in the sower, in Luke 8, 5 and 8, 
Jesus talks about the parable of the sower and he talks about the sower uh, sows the seed and the seed falls on wayside. This is Luke 8, 5 and 8. And it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, soon sprang up and withered by it because it lacked moisture. And some fell on thorns and thorns sprang up and choked it out. But some fell on good ground, yielded a crop of a hundredfold. When he said these things, he cried, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so uh, back then they planted a lot of stuff. There was more of an agricultural uh, environment. They all had farms and things of that nature. So he was ministering to them in a way where they understood. And then, but the disciples didn't understand, his own disciples didn't understand this parable. And they said, Jesus, you know, they were scratching their heads. What do you, what do you mean by this parable? We don't understand what you're talking about. And then Jesus said, well, I'm going to show you what this parable means. And he, sa- he says that the first seed, the seed is likened to the word of God. And he said that seed that's sown, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's sown in a place of, of, of uh, it says the seed of the word, those by wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil, 1115, then the devil comes and takes away the word uh, out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So, so what he's saying is that the word is being ministered. I'm sowing seed today. But there's some that won't hang out. They won't come back. They just hear one message. And, and they, they just get a little bit of truth. But as they walk out of the church, the devil says, do you really believe what he has to say? Do you really believe that that, that preacher is a real preacher? Do you believe that you've got to have Jesus to get to heaven? Uh, no, there's got to be other ways to God. And then, then the devil sows seeds of doubt and unbelief and by the time you hit the parking lot you've lost everything the preacher preached and then you don't even get what the preacher wanted you to have are you hearing what? it could be already in the in the service right now before you even hit the door and then the second person gets the preacher understands it sees people being blessed Prayers being answered, people's lives being put together, but their life, the, the, the word of God is not happening fast enough in their life. And, and, and then all of a sudden the devil comes against them uh, because they're trying to stand on the word of God and he tries to shake some things up. And then these people get offended with God and they get offended with the preacher. And it's not as easy as I thought it was. And then they fall away. Wow. That's the second group. The third one is they get they they like the message too, but then business and other things crowd in. That's what happened to me, and uh, I just left the church because I got into business and doing my own thing. And I wasn't mad at God, but I, but 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 my life, you know, I just wanted to live my life for myself, right? And so, but but those things came out, and then the truth of God's word just crowded everything out of my life, and I ended up flat broke. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying today? That country song again. Why? Because the word wasn't working effectively in me. Right? So, so, so I ended up not bearing any fruit or no truth was really working in my life. But then he said the fourth soil is the one that hangs in there, that, that stays in the fight, that allows the word of God to penetrate their hearts, that doesn't give up, that doesn't pull back. There are so many scriptures that talks about that you need to continue in the word, that you need to hold fast to what God has given you, that you have to uh, uh, continue to present yourself to the Lord. You have to continue in the faith. Amen. 
And so, and so there's, so we got to continue moving forward in God. We have to continue moving and pressing in. Paul says, I press towards the mark. Why? It's a press. Because there's a, there's a gravitational force that's against each one of us. There's a worldly force trying to keep us from moving forward in God. Do you believe that today? Amen. And you got entertainment. You got all this stuff trying to volley for our attention and trying to destroy our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So I'm going to give you four, uh, four keys on how not to be deceived, how, how, how to walk in the word. Number one, you got to be a person that meditates on the word daily. The Bible talks about in Psalms 1 that you need to meditate on the word. Uh, and, and in Joshua 1.8, day and night so you can... So you can appear to the word and then you will make your way successful and then you will have good success. Joshua 1.8. Meditate on the word. We need to meditate on that word. The more you think about something, the more you're going to walk in it. Amen. And so, and so, you know, uh, the more you meditate on something, that becomes more real to you. So you meditate. What do I mean by meditate? You ponder the scriptures in your heart. You, you think about that you're a new creation in Christ, that old things are passed away, that all things become new. You think about that you are a partaker of the divine nature. You think about that. You speak it out loud. Thank you. Thank God for, for what he has done in your life. You thank God for his forgiveness of sins in your life. You thank God that you, you, are, you are the redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so. That's a song. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so. So you, you confess the truth of God's word. Number two, you practice God's word. You put God's word into practice every day. You practice God's word. Amen. And, and you obey his word. So there's two things in practicing God's word. Number one, we obey his word. We do what God tells us to do. And number two, we shun evil. We don't do the bad things and we endeavor to do the good things. Right? Is that right? You, you don't, you don't, you know, you, you know, you don't lie, cheat, steal, do all that stuff. Take advantage of people. And then number three, we put the word of God first place. Whenever we're encountering anything in our life, we all have to put it through the filter of the word of God. What does the word of God say about this? What does the word of God say about my situation? What does the word of God say about, you know, what I'm going through? And so we we put God's word first place. We always put God's word first place. Seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And number four, we instantly obey the voice of our spirit. And what I mean by that is, uh, Paul said it this way. Paul says, I never go against my conscience. Your conscience, conscience, your conscience is is what the secular people say. You know, that's that's really your spirit. Uh, and your spirit is your it's who you are it's your heart you don't go against what your heart says is wrong why but if you keep going and doing the wrong things your heart will become hard and callous and if your heart becomes hard and callous the bible says that your conscience will be seared like a iron, uh, like a hot iron will sear it and then you'll be able to do evil things without any remorse And if you can do evil things without any remorse, you're in bad shape. 
Because if you're, because the Bible says that God will give you up to a debased mind. And a debased mind is a mind void of judgment. And if you can go out and do evil without even thinking about repenting, getting back to God, and you think God is with you, you better think again. Because we can't be doing those things, that, and we can't be living in the dark and expect the light of God's blessing to be on our lives. And we got to understand this, that, that, that God has, has revealed to his word, you know, through re- giving us a new, cre- uh, making us new creation. He says he's going to put his word in us so that we obey him. But you can disobey God. You can say no. You have the power because you have free will. That's why the Bible says choose life. It tells you what to choose because we have choices that we can make every day. You made a choice today to come to church. You made a church uh, choice today to receive some word. And this word can save some of your lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And I'm telling you, I'm glad God made me a preacher. Amen. Because I'm, you know why I'm glad? Because, Because I'm one of these guys that like to go on wild side every once in a while. And I need this kind of preaching for myself. Amen. Amen. I need to keep myself in check. I need to make sure that I'm preaching strong messages so I won't walk out of it. You know, the Apostle Paul said there was a possibility he could could be disqualified for his uh, calling. Paul said that. I could be disqualified. Paul? The, the, the great apostle, the one that had heavenly visions, the one that was anointed to write two-thirds of the Bible, and he said he could possibly fall away? Paul could possibly fall. How about us? Has anybody had any heavenly visions in here? Has anybody had, been able to, to have this relationship with God? He said that he buffets his body that he would not be... In other words, he practiced fasting. He practiced discipline. Why? Because he didn't want to be a castaway. Disqualified. What is it? Yeah, I'm going to close now because I'm landing now. I'm landing. I'm landing on the, on the tarmac. Amen. What is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? What is it to get all the money Get all the fame, get all the, uh, all the bling bling and still lose your soul in hell. What is it to gain all this notoriety and end up in hell? It, it's not worth it. I'll trade all the glitz and the glamour, amen, of this life for the kingdom life. Now, I'm not saying that, you see, God still can bless you. And God still can give you the glitz and the glamour, but, but when he gives it to you, there will be no sorrow at it with it. And, and the glitz and the glamour won't have you, amen, and you won't be controlled by it, amen. And no, 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 you, you, you will have power over it. You'll be superior over the glitz and the glamour, and that won't draw you away from God, but that will enhance who you are in God. Am I preaching today? Amen. Because God is bringing some of us into that wealthy place. And the ones he's bringing into that wealthy place are the ones he can trust. He's going to know that that wealthy place is not going to take them away from him. In other words, we're not going to be those that worship the blessing. We're going to worship the blesser. And we're not going to be, we're not going to be those that allow the blessing to take us away from God. No, we're going to keep giving glory to God because he is blessing us. Did you receive it today? Yeah. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father.
I just thank you that you're, you're moving in our lives. You're revealing truth to each one of us. I thank you for those that are in the audience, those that are watching online. And right now, Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts today. And he's knocking and he wants, uh, he wants us to open the door. We have the power to open the door of Jesus, the door of our hearts. And he's knocking today and he wants, he wants to come in and he wants a fellowship with you. He wants to love on you today. And if you've never made a decision for Jesus with your, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, and you've never made a decision for Jesus, you don't know if you died today where you'd spend eternity. You, have, you might have religion, but do you have Jesus? I, I'm going to ask you to make a bold statement today. I, I, I want you to raise your hand, Gloria. Maybe you're watching online. I want you to raise your hand even where you're at. And if that's you and you don't know if you died today, you'd make it happen. Let me pray a simple prayer with you. Lead you in a prayer. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seat, but I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer in your seat. I'm going to ask you to pray where you're at watching online. And if that's you today, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there any more hands? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, just pray this prayer. If you never made a public confession of Jesus being Lord, Today is the day of salvation. Say this, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 